Hello, movie friends. I'm Lily Percy, and welcome to This Movie Changed Me. I'll be your guide this week as I talk with Rajpreet Ayer about the movie Bend It Like Beckham. It's okay if you haven't seen it. We're going to give you all of the details you need to follow along. coming-of-age story in movies has become a bit of a cliché. You often see a rebellious teenager fighting against uh, tyrannical parents, parents that don't understand him or her. But Bend It Like Beckham is a very different coming-of-age story. It features a character that loves her family and loves her culture and really wants to be a part of that, but then also wants to explore her own identity and her growing love of football, or as we call it, soccer in the U.S. Jesse Putter, now that your sister has got engaged, it's different. You know how people talk. She's the one getting married, not me. I was married at your age. You don't even want to learn how to cook dal. Anyway, I'm not playing with boys anymore. Good. Gal khatam, end of matter. I'm joining a girls team. Huh? They want me to play in proper matches. The coach said I could go far. Go far? Go far to where? Jesse, we let you play all you wanted when you were young, huh? You've played enough. That's not fair. He selected me. He? She said it was girls. The coach, Joe. See how she lies? I don't want you running around half naked in front of men, huh? Look how dark you've become, playing in the sun. But mom, I'm really good. The character at the center of Bennett Like Beckham is Jess. And Jess is this really lovely, kind, woman who is exploring her relationship with football and discovering that she is really good at it, just like the one and only David Beckham, which is who the movie is named after. And as she's exploring her love of football, she meets Jules. Hi. Hi. That was brilliant. Do you play for any side? Yeah, like you, Southall United, sorry, squad. <laughs> play for Hansel Harriers, girls' side. It's clay season at the moment, but we've got a summer tournament coming up. You should come along, have a trial. A trial? I think I'm good enough. Yeah. Watch you a couple of times, you've gotten really good. I don't know, it's up to our coach, but I know we could do with some new blood. Jess, that's brilliant. Yeah, nice one, Jess. Do you swap shirts at the end of matches? <laughs> and get in the big bath together. <laughs> Where's the soap? It does, doesn't it, lads? <laughs> Let's play football. Yeah. I'm Jules. Oh, Jess. Hi. <laughs> Jess and Jules' friendship is so important to the movie because it showcases the difference between their two identities. Jess is an English Punjabi Sikh woman who is part of a very traditional family, and Jules is part of a white middle-class English family. But both of these girls are exploring what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a part of a culture in football that doesn't necessarily accept and welcome women. And both of them are trying to push against the limitations of their backgrounds and their genders. What the bloody hell were you thinking? Juliet, I saw you with my own eyes. Kissing after your marriage. Not stupid, you know. And anyway, look at the clothes you wear. Mother, (laughs) just because I wear trackies and play sport does not make me a lesbian. Me and Jess were fighting because we both fancied our coach. Joe. Joe. What man? Joe? Yeah, as in male. Joe. Joe. Our coach. Joe. Man. Joe. 
Being a lesbian, it's not that big a deal. Oh, no, sweetheart, of course it isn't. The idea of exploring your own complex identity really rang true for Rajpreet Air. Like Jess, she comes from an English Punjabi Sikh family, but she's also American, and the multitude of those identities really shaped who she is. And she saw that in the character of Jess in Bend It Like Beckham. So, yeah, I'd like to take you back in time for a minute, you know, by asking you to think about that first time you watched Pendant Like Beckham. Um, you know, just think about, you know, where you were and how old you were. And, um, you know, I, I love to think of this almost as a mindful exercise. So if you want to close your eyes and, and just for 10 seconds, think about that. And I'll prompt you again when the time is up. Okay. So what memories came up for you when you were thinking about that first time you watched Ben and Lake Beckham? Um, so I watched it while I was in England, and then the movie was released nearly a year later in the U.S., and I watched it a second time back home in Indiana. Wow, so you got a preview, really, of what was to come. I, I did, yeah. A whole yeah. year before. Because the World Cup was going on mm-hmm. that summer when I was in England, and uh, to watch it while I was there, it just felt so meant to be. So this is 2002. 2002. And I was getting to go to all these Indian weddings, and I was a part of the British Indian experience, just getting to see houses in just residential areas. We weren't in London. We were in the Midlands. So to watch it that summer, it just captured so much of what I had felt and seen. Mm. And then to watch it a year later in Indiana miles and miles from England, and it, it just made me miss England so much and all the fun I'd had with so many of my family members. Hmm. Yeah, you write about in the, the piece that you wrote about Bend It Like Beckham and kind of how this movie changed your life in this piece for The Atlantic, and it's such a beautiful piece, and you talk about so many important things around identity. Um, one of the things you write is, as an Indian-British-American girl, what I was beginning to realize at that age, this would be when you were 12, was that I didn't seem to quite belong anywhere. Yet after watching Bennett Like Beckham in my last few days in England, I came to realize what transiency was, in some ways, a gift. In the absence of a place that reflected who I was, perhaps I could make my own. Talk a little bit more about this gift that Bennett Like Beckham gave you. I mean, I think it's such a positive message that of the good that can come from talking to people who are different from you. And also, Jess, the main character, she doesn't want to break from her culture, break rules. She wants to bend them and make her culture work for her. And I thought that was such a good message because I didn't really want to just completely like cut out my Indian influences, British influences, or American influences, or Indiana specifically influences. I wanted to find a way to kind of like make them work together and uh, harmonize. And so this movie showed me that yes, it's hard, but it can work. And that it really teaches you a lot along the way. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why Grinder, the director, Grinder Chadha, named the movie Bend It Like Beckham, right? Was that idea of bending. Talk a little bit more about what you saw Jess's character do that really gave that example to you. Well, I think what she's doing and why the movie was so successful, it's universal. It's someone who's trying to work toward a dream and faces so many obstacles to get there. Mm. 
And specifically with her, and I think just maybe as Greenery, I think she had a quote about how women in general can't go straight towards a goal. Yeah. So Jess has to bend around her culture and bend around um, rules for women in order to follow her dream. And the movie just, um, it does it so beautifully. I marvel at it each time I watch it. We've got something we want to tell you. Why is he holding her hand? You know how we've been good friends for a long time now. We'd like to ask for your blessings. We'd like to get engaged. <gasps> but look, there's one condition. I want Jasminda to go to college first, anywhere that she wants. Of course, but that. What's one hundred? Well, we have relatives all the way in Glasgow. Dad, Tony's lying. Lying? We're not getting married. Tony only said that to help me, but I'm not lying anymore. I played in the final today, and we won. How? When? I wasn't going to go, but Dad let me. And it was brilliant. I played the best ever. And I was happy because I wasn't sneaking off and lying to you. I didn't ask to be good at football. Guru Nanak must have blessed me. Yeah, you point this out um, and something that I'm thinking of right now, the way that Jess does that so well is in the ways that she integrates, whether she's with her football, uh, soccer playing friends, um, or she's with her family, she's always bringing both worlds into it, right? And you see that in various scenes where it's always present. It's not like a separation. Yeah, so she's like uh, dusting off her cleats in her backyard or she's like doing knee-ups with a cabbage while her mom is cooking a dish that I actually recognize, which is very hard to cook, I might remind you. <laughs> I've had to make that one. Or, um, I don't know, you see her like putting on a sari in a locker room. Yeah. Like what a beautiful image for people to see. Like you see both worlds coming together there. And then in like the most important scene when she's about to do her free kick and she sees her sister, her mom, and then I th- want to say her grandmother and maybe her future sister's mother-in-law mm. out there on the field. So you get to see how both worlds are combining. And I think it happens a lot on the field especially. The field seems to be a place where worlds can kind of come together and men and women can play sports and potentially things can become, like, you can overcome obstacles on the soccer field. It's an equalizer. Still Beckham, plenty in the middle. It's a decent cross. And there is Bamra. That's a fine header. And she scored. Oh, it's a goal by Jess Bamra. A superb header here. Beating the defender and planting the ball beyond the goalkeeper's left hand. Jess Bamra makes a name for herself at Old Trafford. And have we discovered a new star here, Gary Lineker? That's right, John. Could Jess Bamra be the answer to England's prayers? Alan? Well, there's no denying the talent. Quick thinking, comfortable on the ball, vision and awareness, absolutely magnificent. I tell you what, I wish she was playing for Scotland. <laughs> well, we're joined in the studio now by Jessie's mother, Mrs Bamra. Mrs Bamra, you must be very proud of your daughter. Not at all. She shouldn't be running around with all these men showing her bare legs to 70,000 people. She's bringing shame on the family and you three shouldn't encourage her. Jasminder, you get back home now. Kasmanu Khani to... Jasminder, are you listening to me? Just Jasminder, have you gone mad? Huh? Football, shoot a ball. 
Your sister's getting engaged and you're sitting here watching this skinhead boy. No, mom, it's Beckham's corner. Hey, come downstairs. Your sister's going crazy. So since you saw this movie in England originally when you were 12 and then a year later in Indiana, I'm curious as to how it actually changed maybe even the way you presented yourself to your friends or did anything change for you after seeing it? Uh, when I watched it in England, I'd spent the whole summer mostly around Indians. And it made me feel so excited to be part of that culture. Mm. And then when I watched it in Indiana, where, you know, there surprisingly weren't very many Indians, um, <laughs> it made me, um, I don't know, really miss it, but also feel proud that mm. that is my background. And I hadn't felt that way necessarily before. It always felt kind of like a barrier to be different. But I felt as though, like, it would be okay for me to talk about, like, the food we ate or the music we listened to. Um, And so, yeah, I like telling people, like, oh, my parents are from England, and this is my background, and have you seen this movie? Mm. So it made me excited to be a part of that culture. You know, one of the things, there's so many things that I love about Ben Like Beckham, but two of the things that really stand out for me is, like, the celebratory nature of it. Like, it's celebrating it life really in a lot of ways, but really the community at the heart of it. You know, you don't get this sense of oppressiveness that often happens when you're telling a story um, of immigrants, to be honest, this idea of very conservative religious parents. You know, Jess's parents aren't presented that way. Uh, Her father is such a tender, caring man. And even her mother, you know, her concern for her daughters is really out of concern. And that really stands out. And I think it's why it's such a joyous movie. I just wonder, you know, what scenes or characters really stand out for you when you think of the movie? Yeah, when you were talking about the parents, I just thought again about how the parents were dancing in all the celebrations and excited for uh, Pinky's engagement and her wedding. And Pinky being her sister. They weren't being stern. Mm -hmm. They were being like energetic and part of the action. Um, And yeah, I think it is really celebratory. And I think it's especially great that it was directed by someone who has personal ties to those experiences. Because I think only an insider could really celebrate the culture in those specific ways. Yeah. And the portrayal of a a, a sick family, right? Because that's the other thing that you don't often see. Um, You don't, yeah. Specifically that sort of background, because that's mine as well. But yeah, I liked... I watched it with two friends, as I mentioned last night, and they were like, wow, I want to go to an Indian wedding. And they would get <laughs> excited during the scenes where they're celebrating things. And then there's this great point where the camera pans out from the engagement celebrations in their backyard. And you see next door, there's just a neighbor hanging up for laundry. <laughs> and, yeah. And you can compare and contrast. Like, yes, they're outsiders, but also they have fun. Tony, what are you doing? We can still make the second half if we leave now. Go spare. Anyway, I've just got to put them first today. There's so many people in there, they won't even notice. I can't. Look at how happy they are, Tony. I don't want to ruin it for them. What are you going to ruin? Nothing. It's okay. It's the final of a football tournament today, Uncle. We can pick up the kit on the way. I can drive her there and back. It won't take long. Stop it, Tony. Dad, it doesn't matter. This is much more important. I don't want to spoil the day for you and Mum. Pinky is so happy and you look as if you've come to your father's funeral. I'm sorry, Dad. This is the only way I'm going to see you smiling on your sister's wedding day. Then go now. But when you come back, I want to see you happy on the video. Play well and make her proud. Did you ever watch this movie with your family, like with your parents? 
Yeah, when I watched it in America in 2003, I did go to see it with my parents. What was their reaction? Yeah. Oh, they really liked it. And we especially liked the soundtrack. We would play it a lot in the car. Um, We especially liked the song Nori. We play that one a lot. I still listen to it a lot, actually. The whole soundtrack, I listened to it on repeat when I was working on the article. (laughs) That's great. It has amazingly joyous music. I have to say, as someone who doesn't speak the language and doesn't know what, what it's being said, I'm just like, I can dance to this. This is great. Well, the thing is, I don't understand the language that well either, and I don't know what they're talking about, but I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying our conversation on Bend It Like Beckham. If you've liked this or any other This Movie Changed Me episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share us with a friend on Spotify. It helps us reach new listeners and build our movie-loving empire. I love watching movies, all kinds of movies. But there's something especially gratifying about seeing characters or actors that I can relate to as a Colombian-American woman. Feeling Seen is at the root of The Mashup Americans, a podcast that I love, hosted by Amy Choi and Rebecca Lehrer. The show is by, for, and all about hyphen America, people whose lives cross cultures and identities, like mine, where Spanglish is a native tongue and being able to navigate multiple cultures is celebrated for the superpower that it is. Check out their first episode of Mashups to Know with comedian Marcela Arguello on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. And consider subscribing as well so that you don't miss any future episodes in the series, including one with me. So I'm curious as to how this movie has continued to shape your identity. I mean, you first saw it when you were 12 and now in your 20s, you know, when you go back and watch it, what does it bring out in you? Like, what does it still kind of teach you? Um, Yeah. So when I first watched it, I just focused on Jess and I thought, wow, Mm. it's so great. She plays sports because... I played sports, and there's that opening scene where she's just out there in, like, the park playing sports with all these boys, and that just felt so amazing for me to see because that was me in my neighborhood in Indiana. I have two brothers. There are only boys in my neighborhood, and there are two boy cousins that I had in the neighborhood. And then as I grew older and I watched it again, I want to say in grad school, I thought about just how amazing it is that all these cultures were conveyed in the cultural arguments, and now I see all the other little stories going on. Um, So, like, Tony coming out to um, Mm, Jess and then Joe kind of talking about how he was forced to play soccer and Jess is just dreaming to play soccer and that contrast, plus just all their other struggles. And I empathize. I saw more of what the parents are going through. And I used to laugh at 
Jess's mom for being so ridiculous and <laughs> overbearing because yeah. she's comical. But there's also, you know, a sadness to why she's just gesturing so wildly and so emphatic with her language. And it's because it's culture shock. And yeah. she doesn't want her daughter to be taken away from a culture that she sees as so valuable. And it's what she knows. Happy now. My whole wedding's been called off because of you. Me? Why? They saw you being filthy with an English boy. They're lying. I wasn't with any English boy. They saw you today. I must stop kissing him. Why can't you do it in secret like everyone else? Kissing? Me? A boy? You're mad. You're all bloody mad. Jasminder, don't use those swearing words. I was at the 120 bus stop today, but with Juliet, my friend, she's a girl. And we weren't kissing or anything, for God's sake. Sometimes these English girls have such short hair. You just can't tell. Those parents are just making an excuse. We were never good enough for them. No, Ma, it's all her fault. I bet she was with some dikey girl from a football team. She's still been playing, you know. Pinky. She ain't got no job or nothing. She's been lying. Oh, God, why did you give me two deceiving daughters? What did I do wrong in my past life? But she's the one that's ruined my life. It's such a pakar. Don't think I didn't know that you were sneaking out with that good-for-nothing T2 as well. And also, I was highly amused with Jules's mom in a way I hadn't been before. I <laughs> yeah. couldn't stop laughing at any time she was on camera. Yeah, and she's equally kind of overbearing and over the top, right? I mean, both the mothers mm-hmm. in the movie are. Yeah, and it shows, you know, that like Indian culture is not itself conservative, that there's the movie holds up a mirror. I think Grinder said in some interview, and it shows what society is like. And there are points where Jules's mom is also conservative. It's not just Indian culture that's labeled as just bad and the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Jules says, like, really stereotypical things to Jess, like, oh, I made a good curry last night. Yes. Or are you going to marry a handsome <laughs> Indian doctor? Exactly. She doesn't even let Jess answer for herself. She just thinks she knows so much about what it means to be Indian. And so... You see conservative viewpoints in multiple areas. And there's there's also this moment where Pinky says about Joe, he's English or Irish, doesn't matter, it's the same thing. And that's limiting because England and Ireland are so different. Yeah. And Joe reminds the audience of that in a really important moment. Why did you yell at me like that? You knew the ref was out of order. Jess, you could have cost us the tournament. But it wasn't my fault. You didn't have to shout at me. Jess, I am your coach. I have to treat you the same as everyone else. Look, Jess, I saw it. She fouled you, she tugged your shirt. You just overreacted, that's all. That's not all. She called me a packy, but I guess you wouldn't understand what that feels like, would you? Jess, I'm Irish. Of course I'd understand what that feels like. Something that I appreciated last night, um, re-watching this movie again, was how the love story is in the backdrop, but it's not the principal point of the movie. Like, the whole point of the movie is not for Jess to get with Joe, uh, which could have easily happened. Um, But really, for me, the whole point of the movie is for her to come to terms with her two cultures, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I totally see that, too. It's heartening to see, you know, like, the point of the movie isn't, like, a happy ending with the prince and exactly. they live happily ever after. Yeah. Um, it goes an extra step, and, I mean, she turns him down when they're on that field, and he wants to keep seeing her, and he wants to kiss her, and she's like, well, you know, hold on, I've got to do this other thing first. Well, and also that she loves her family so much, and she's already asked so much of them, which I so appreciated that she was thinking of her family. Yeah, yeah, that's really great because, again, she's not breaking from her culture. She wants to keep it yeah. and keep the essence of who she is and not just completely say, oh, everything Indian about me is wrong. Exactly. Because that's, you know, at the end of the day, not good for her, or at least she's taking that stance and I agree with it. So for her to take baby steps and go at the pace she wants and basically make Joe try to understand that. And if he sticks around, then great. And if he doesn't, then oh, well. That's really bold of her. And so progressive. I mean, like, what an <laughs> no amazing kidding. movie to do all this and so quickly. And it's like short. And, and you don't really see that yeah. in romances. A woman willing no. to turn down a man in order to um, pursue her own dreams and her own goals and also for the sake of her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love that at the end when we're kind of seeing the end montage that we see Joe playing cricket with her father. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of healing moment for her father, right? Because he had tried to play cricket when he moved to England and he'd been rejected because of who he was. And it was beautiful to see that at the end, them coming together. Yeah. I mean, Jess gets to follow a dream her dad couldn't. And for her dad to see her da- his daughter do that, maybe that inspired him to let go of some of the things he had been feeling and see her as like an example. Uh, and yeah, it is amazing because he did face racism when he got to England. He'd been a top cricket player in Africa where he'd come from mm-hmm. um, as a laborer. And so, yeah, that's it's great that he can get over, not get over that, but just heal. You let her leave her sister's wedding to go to a football match. Maybe you could handle her long face. I could not. I didn't have the to stop her. And that's why she's ready to go all the way to America now. And those bloody English cricket players threw me out of their club like a dog. I never complained. On the contrary, I vowed that I will never play again. Who suffered? Me. But I don't want Jesse to suffer. I don't want her to make the same mistakes that her father made of accepting life, accepting situations. I want her to fight. And I want her to win. Because I've seen her playing, she's she's brilliant. I don't think anybody has the right of stopping her. daughters made happy on one day. What else can your father ask for? At least I've taught her full Indian dinner. The rest is up to God. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, did this movie help you look at your parents differently? Or did it give you any new perspectives when it came to your own family? Um, I mean, kind of. So my parents are born in England, whereas Jess's parents are born in India. So there are some distinct differences And my parents, you know, they wear Western clothes, whereas in the movie you see uh, Jess's parents wearing traditional outfits. But 
I think with watching my parents try to figure out what's best for our kids and how much of our culture do we want to hang on to versus how much are we Western, yeah, it definitely did. Uh, maybe not as much when I was 12 because I didn't really have <laughs> the vocabulary or cultural understanding or education to really understand all this. But um, it was like a way, a start. And now I definitely can see it, how scary it must be to raise a kid somewhere different from where you grow up and to negotiate what you want to keep as a parent because they're even more of a go-between. My parents' parents were born in India so my parents were born in England and then moved to America. So, like, they were first generation, yeah. and I'm first generation. That's, like, intense immigrant experience. No kidding. Now you got to move somewhere else and have kids. Exactly. <laughs> and we're so far removed from India, but upon face value, people see Indian. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never actually even been to India. England's more part of my life than um, India, the country itself. Hmm. That's so fascinating. You know, is there anything that I haven't asked you about Bend It Like Beckham that you want to say? Um, I guess, like, that Jess and Jules are different. You know, mm. um, there's still the distinction of Jess being Indian and having the extra direct ramifications for breaking out of her culture that Jules doesn't necessarily have. Um, even though, like, being a woman's hard, but Jess leaves the house and she's a woman and she's Indian. And there's that difference. Uh, and also, I guess, like, I, I wanted to note that all the conversations they have, they all have these little mini epiphanies. And I think the mm. movie communicates how important it is to talk to others about our differences and that even um, Indians can be closed off. Like, Joe's knocking on their door. He's literally Western culture knocking on their door, and he comes into this house that is so Indian. Like, the mm. shows they watch are Indian. They have yeah. Guru Nanak in a framed picture above the mantle. The mom dresses in Indian clothes still. And then Joe's an outsider, and they're not very welcoming of him. So yeah. there's closed-mindedness on so many different parts and different sides that they're, the, the movie's so holistic is what I just kept thinking last night when I watched it. Mm, that's a really great point. And so much of it comes out of fear, right? The fear of the unknown and of the outsider. Mm-hmm. And what's so great about this movie, well, it came out, you know, shortly after 9-11 where people were, there was heightened um, awareness of stereotypes of Indians and people, you know, there were, there was violence. It was actually a real problem. And movies like this, they seem so funny and silly, but they really help because people understand more about this other, this culture that they don't understand, these people they don't understand. And you can't expect someone who hasn't really met very many Indians or been around many Indians to just completely understand where they're coming from or who mm. they are. And they're a mystery. They're like, they're another. Movies like this make us realize how relatable everyone is. And that's important because it's not just funny and a fun thing to watch. It actually affects how people treat others. Rajpreet Eyre is a TED conference coordinator and writer. You can find her work in The Atlantic, The Washington Post, and The New York Times. And fun fact, back in the day, she was also an Indianapolis 500 festival princess. I'm really excited about our next conversation because we're going to be talking with the Oscar-winning composer Gustavo Santolaya. He's the man behind the music for Brokeback Mountain and Babel, and the movie that changed him is Wings of Desire. 
It's a German movie, so it might not make sense how this Argentinian man has been changed by a German movie, but once you see this movie, you'll understand why Gustavo chose this. It's so in line with his own music and has clearly influenced the career that he's had. You've got two weeks to watch it, and you can find that on Amazon, iTunes, or Filmstruck. This Movie Changed Me is produced by Maya Terrell, Chris Hegel, Tony Liu, and Marie Sambalay, and is an On Being Studios production. Follow us on social media if you want to continue the conversation after the episode is over. We're on Twitter at TMCM Podcast or Facebook and Instagram at This Movie Changed Me, all one word. I'm Lily Percy, and I'm going to go dance to the Bend It Like Beckham soundtrack.